You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen every single day. And you guys already know what this episode is about. It is a post-game Victory Tuesday episode of the Lockdown Rams pod. We mentioned it yesterday. We mentioned it on every episode this past week. This was a season-defining game for the Los Angeles Rams. And oddly enough, they get out of this one with a 30-23 to victory, move one game closer to the Arizona Cardinals, a potential NFC West title, and everything else that it means for them going towards this playoff seeding picture. We're going to discuss the good, the bad, the ugly in this game. And let's begin with the topic at first. I mean, the good. You talk about a season-defining win for the Los Angeles Rams here. This might be the most important victory I've seen from Sean McVay as the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams since 2017 when he joined this team. They go to a hostile environment on the road to a divisional rival who is at 10-2. and This record was the best in the NFL. They're playing a high-powered offense, a top five defense probably in the NFL, and they find out on game day they're not going to have tight end Tyler Higbee or cornerback Jalen Ramsey due to COVID on top of already knowing they weren't going to have center Brian Allen, right tackle Rob Havenstein, another starting cornerback in Dante Dion, and running back Daryl Henderson. All of these guys were ruled out either by injury or by COVID, and look at what they did in this game. They come out with a 30-23 to victory, and let's be honest, that's probably closer than it looked. The Rams give up a last-second opportunity on the onside kick. The Cardinals should have never really got that chance. If the Rams are cleaner on special teams plays, that doesn't happen. Or, you know, that last-second field goal, all right, it might happen here or there, whatever. But the Rams really won this game, and once they were winning by a score or two, they started to adjust that defensive game plan and they went into sort of prevent mode, as some of us call it, and try to just stop the Cardinals from making big plays. That was the right choice by defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. But we'll start with the offense here. You look at Matthew Stafford right back on the MVP bandwagon. It feels like 287 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, get sacked three times. It's a little bit much for our want there, but at the same time, they're missing a right tackle. They're missing a center. You kind of got to expect it to happen. And at the end of the day, he was pinpoint accurate. This was one of the best games he's had all season. Maybe his best game all season, to be quite honest with you. He was throwing darts to Cooper Cup down the field, Odell Beckham down the field. You know, even guys like Van Jefferson, a 52-yard touchdown on the post route, the exact same kind of play we saw in week one where he hits Van Jefferson once again. I think it was like a 69-yard touchdown, something like that, against the Chicago Bears. The exact same play. You love to see it. This guy right back on the map right now as an MVP candidate. Just an outstanding game. So clean. No turnover-worthy passes. No interceptions. None of those bad things. I mean, he played a really, really outstanding football game and was a large part of the reason why the Rams were able to put up 30 points, of course. Moving to the backfield, Van Jefferson got a jet sweep. I shouted it out on Twitter. I literally said, when are the Rams going to run a jet sweep? We haven't seen one in what feels like forever. And five minutes later, they run a jet sweep. It feels like for the first time in seven or eight weeks, which is funny. He had a rushing attempt for 10 yards. Sony Michelle, 20 carries, 79 yards, an average of 4.0 a pop. Not his best day, but not his worst day either. I thought he was really solid. And the one play that really sticks out in my mind is that third and two, I think it was in the red zone. 
He is stopped in the backfield. I mean, I think it was Marcus Golden who gets a free rush at him, wasn't even blocked or just easily beat his block. And Michelle had to fight two or three guys to gain a first down on third and two, all on his own, no push, no help from nobody else, converts it, gains three yards, and the Rams end up scoring a touchdown on that drive. Those are the little minute details that really make this guy valuable to this team. And that is why he needs to keep playing. That is why we all said it. He grinds out extra yardage. He runs through contact and he's always, always, always able to go forward and gain that extra yard or two. And it made all the difference for the Rams in that drive. That's why they didn't have to settle for three and why they got seven points out of that drive. There's those little runs that we kind of forget, but I'm not going to forget because that was a really impressive run. I thought he was dead to rights in the backfield and still finds a way to convert that first down. Moving into the receiver room, the weapons, we'll call them in general. I mean, Cooper Cup, this guy, wide receiver one right now. He is just absolutely outstanding. 15 targets. He was peppered with targets in this game. Comes away with 13 receptions, a buck 23 in receiving yardage, a touchdown. Odell Beckham, his running mate, six receptions, 77 yards, a touchdown. Van Jefferson, two receptions, 58 yards, a touchdown as well. <laughs> this is just an outstanding trio at the receiver position. All three of these guys balled out in their own way. I mean, Cooper Cup, he dominated. 13 catches, 125 yards, basically. The dude was unstoppable. He converted, I think, four or five third downs on his own. Talk about a drive extender, a guy that keeps your offense on the field and gives you a chance to go extend drives to get points. Absolutely invaluable. Not only that, but he's catching passes down the field, making big plays. He had a 44-yard reception in this game. And the best part about it is the cornerback tackles him. Cooper Cup gets up and helps him up like he's his son or something. Purely disrespectful, but Cooper Cup meant it in extreme respect, which is what's funny about it, but kind of had that vibe of like, I just killed you for this massive gain. You had no chance. Let me help you up here. Let me give you a hand. Really funny to watch. I love it. But I mean, this team, Odell Beckham really looks like his old self. This was one of the bigger takeaways from this game, in my opinion, you started to see some of those incredible crispy routes, the speed that we've seen in the open field, the hands. He looks comfortable finally in this offense. And every single pass that I can remember that Matthew Stafford threw to him was pinpoint accurate. It looked like they're really finally starting to get on the same page here. And that is a dangerous development for defenses. I mean, you're talking about an offense that has a lot of firepower right now and a quarterback that when he's locked in, he's as good as any quarterback in the NFL. You give him another weapon like Odell Beckham, you see that touchdown? Man, that was impressive. This guy can come off the line of scrimmage with the best of them. So twitchy, so fast. He can throttle his routes from full speed to stop the full speed in such a blink of an eye. It is really impressive. And we're starting to see flashes of that old school Odell Beckham right now. He'll never be able to get those same yardage totals as, as he did in New York. Of course not. He's not getting the ball 25 times, you know, in two games or three games. But this guy looks comfortable right now. And I think... The more he and Stafford can continue to connect, the more they can get that chemistry down, the bigger of an issue this is going to be for opposing defenses. In just a second, we're going to dive into the remaining aspects of this game, get into some of that defense, some of the bad, some of the ugly, and there's plenty to discuss. You guys make sure to follow us on Twitter at QBsMEP, at LockedOnRams, and on YouTube at LockedOnRams. 
You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. We're trying to kick you some game here at Locked On Rams. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes, the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all of that brain power as well and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you're going to save and all that knowledge that you're going to gain, just how powerful are you going to become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. You can even get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone is limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. And we've talked about on location a lot here at Locked On Rams. Hopefully the Rams are right back in play for a potential Super Bowl appearance. Maybe. Well, Super Bowl 56 is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place that you can score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Fingers crossed that the Rams will be playing in that game. Of course, it is happening and going down in SoFi Stadium. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. And thank you guys so much for always making us your first listen here at Locked on Rams. We're going to pick right back up with where we left off. And I want to transition to the defensive side of the ball. And I have a take to rattle off here. For those that forgot, you may want to get it back in your heads. Number 99 for the Los Angeles Rams, Aaron Donald, still the best player in football today. Forget position, forget offense, forget defense, forget the quarterback, forget the value. This guy is the best pound-for-pound player. I don't even know what that means. I just hear UFC commentators always say it. He's the best player in this league right now. Comes away with a three-sack performance. He got a sack on the very first play of the game. He got a sack on the very last play of the game. This guy was truly dominant. Forget the sacks, and I know that's going to be hard to do, but talk about the run defense. You talk about drawing holding calls he drew one on the last drive there for the cardinals as well where kyler murray looked like he was really going to get the cardinals into potential hail mary position it was aaron donald that walked those guys back this guy is the best player in football a dominant dominant force and you look at kyler murray yeah sure he had 383 yards that's great zero touchdowns this guy threw two interceptions in this game sacked four times passer rating of 72.1 purely Purely dominant performance by this defensive line. You look at the rushing attempts. 13 carries for James Conner, 31 yards. He averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Yes, he had two touchdowns. That's great. This guy is a hoss. I mean, you talk about hard to bring down. You talk about Sony Michelle running hard. James Conner is dragging two, three, four guys every single carry. Such an outstanding player. Really, really talented. And you've seen his ability in the passing game as well. Brings down nine receptions for 94 yards. But... This defense is the best run defense in football. I'm here to say it. I'm ready to say it. Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Greg Gaines, everyone up there. Ashawn Robinson, Vaughn Miller, Marquise Copeland, all the guys that are rotating in, outstanding. I mean, they are so good. They reset the line of scrimmage every snap. 
they just are not moved off the ball. These guys are so good at maintaining gap control, gap integrity, and then they pin their ears back and go after the quarterback on passing downs when it's time to rush the passer. And this was one of those games where it really felt like we started to see Von Miller come to life a little bit. Leonard Floyd, a tremendous performance, brings down an acrobatic, insane interception in his own right, nearly gets a pick six. I mean, he's not very far from running that one back. And Aaron Donald, I mean, unblockable. He is unblockable. The dude knew he had to put more on his back in this game with Jalen Ramsey being ruled out and some of those other guys. And he did that. He did exactly that. And you might be wondering, they scored 23 points. The Cardinals nearly had 400 passing yards. How is he talking up the Rams defense like this? Because they played a really good game. I mean, the Rams were starting David Long Jr. at cornerback, who they haven't started since week four. They were starting Kareem Orr at cornerback, a guy that hasn't even played a game all season. He was actually just brought up from the practice squad on game day. And these guys had to go out there and guard A.J. Green and Christian Kirk and Rondale Moore and even DeAndre Hopkins on some reps. Like, this was not going to be an easy task for the Rams yet they still found a way to do it. Darius Williams gave up a few big plays here or there, especially the one at A.J. Green where he slips, but he's been in great coverage all game. Like, he was in the hip pocket of receivers all game for the most part. He was beat maybe once or twice, and yeah, that's going to happen against DeAndre Hopkins. That guy's a pretty damn good wide receiver, but nearly has two or three interceptions in his own right to end the game out. Like, this was a good performance by these guys. Kareem Moore, yeah, he's the one guy that really probably struggled in this one, but I still take my hat off to this guy. You were not even on the roster the morning of game day, and you had to be called up at 2 or 3 p.m. when the Rams find out, well, Jalen Ramsey can't go, and four hours later, you're guarding A.J. Green, a guy who might be a Hall of Famer. That is not easy to do, and he's struggling this one, but still, hat off for me. I mean, that is an impressive feat for that guy to be able to come up like that and just play. It's not going to be easy, so I was really glad to see him just get out there, get some run. Hopefully the Rams can get some of their guys back next week and we don't have to see Kareem Moore back out there. But all in all, you got to tip your cap to that guy. And I mean, really everyone on this defense, I thought they played a great, great game. Ernest Jones, another interception in his own right. And that reminds me, Aaron Donald is the guy who tips the ball and it lands into Ernest Jones' hands. Actually, it does. And he, he really stretched out to grab that one. Very impressive grab. And that was in the red zone. I think the Cardinals were on the seven-yard line. So you talk about a seven or 14-point swing there massive i mean it was those minute details number 99 always standing out man that guy is truly special and everyone on all three levels got a lot of run in this one i thought jordan fuller played a good game nick scott a little bit up and down terrell burgess we finally got to see some terrell burgess out there played a lot of nickel cornerback in this game and he struggled with his tackling there was a lot of open field plays where he kind of missed you know a tackle here a tackle there but it's pretty hard to bring down rondell Moore in the open field like i know a lot of nfl players would happily tell you that so Hopefully we see more of him going forward. I thought he deserves more playing time. We'll see if, you know, they ultimately go with that decision. Probably not. When you lose two cornerbacks to COVID, uh, you kind of have to rely on some of the guys you have on your roster. So all in all, thought they did a tremendous job in this game. The offensive line, solid as well. They didn't really have much holes opened in the running game, at least not towards that second half. In the first half, a lot more success, but three sacks given up to a good defensive line like that. I think you got to take it. I think they played solid right tackle. Joe Nopum starts in place of Rob Havenstein. Really solid game from him. I thought a lot of these guys played well. Austin Corbett struggled a little bit here or there, but Coleman Shelton also starting in that center for Brian Allen. You can't complain. I mean, in general, really, really good game plans on offense, defense. You've seen a lot of what the Rams did last week on offense. The same kind of things carry over from that Jacksonville game. Six offensive linemen, 
13 personnel, which means one running back, three tight ends, essentially goal line like formations, not near the goal line. And they did good at kind of converting that and staying ahead of the chains. Cooper Cup, tremendous run blocker, gave a big, big gap for a guy like Sony Michelle to climb up the right side of the field for his long, I think it was like a 20, 25 yard gain. Really impressive to seal the edge there. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Raheem Morris has caught a lot of flack. I seen it again on Twitter in this game. A lot of people calling him a dummy, a guy who's clueless, whatever the case is. Thought he had a really good game plan in this one. I really, really did. When you're up 10 or 14 points and you know you have backup cornerbacks, not even backups, right? We're talking about fifth and sixth string cornerbacks. You have no choice but to keep it, you know, over the top. You don't want to get killed over the top. And that's exactly what he did. He didn't allow the Cardinals to just one off the Rams in terms of a 52 yard score like Van Jefferson did to them. He actually made them earn 10, 12, 13, 15 play drives, knowing that the Rams have enough of a buffer there. They have enough of a lead, two score lead that you just can't afford to get killed. Like you're not going to be shutting these guys down. That's not what Kareem Moore can do for you. That's not what David Long can do for you. But Long ended up playing a good game anyway. So in general, Dot Raheem Morris had a really good game plan in this game. And of course, in just a second here, we're going to dive into some of the not so good for the Rams. And yeah, special teams kind of leads that way once again, but not so bad in this one. And make sure to tune back in tomorrow when we continue our coverage of this game, season defining win for the Los Angeles Rams here at Locked on Rams. And now I got to tell you guys about this awesome company called Stance. They're a clothing apparel company, and it's sort of like active apparel. Guys like me who like to be active. You know, I like to lift. I like to kind of go around, walk, run, even do a little bit of cardio. They make some really, really awesome stuff. High quality, very comfortable, breathable kind of materials. You really got to enjoy it in the gym. I think that's one of the spots that I really like to wear my stance clothing. They sent me, you know, a couple of garments, I'll call them. And uh, I think my hoodie is probably my favorite piece from them. Get a couple of compliments here and there every now and again outside. The people like it. And that's probably a company you've never heard of. So if you guys want to go check out some of their cool designs, they got a lot of different stuff, not just, you know, plain stuff. They actually got designs like Wu-Tang Clan. I'm a hip hop head myself. I'm sure a lot of you guys might be as well. They got other kinds of stuff. The Goonies, Star Wars for the uh, sci-fi kind of nerds, The Office for, you know, the sitcom kind of people. I think it's a sitcom, right? I never really watched The Office. Bob Marley, everything you can imagine. What stance apparel where are you going to choose? They got socks, hoodies, t-shirts, really everything. I'm sure they got a lot more than that. You guys go check them out. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Let's call it what it is. That those who feel good do good. And you can go check it out for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. And I thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. For your second daily listen, Go check out Locked on Bets. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. They are your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets. Now we can pick up with this final segment and with the final finishing touches in terms of the bad, the ugly, and what this means for the Rams. I mentioned it before. The special teams, not their best performance, but not a bad one either. I mean, kick returns, Brandon Powell, one for 27. Not bad. Didn't really get many opportunities there. The kicking game, Matt Gay, I mentioned it on Twitter. This man should never have to pay for anything in the state of California again. This guy's been nothing but automatic for this team since he joined them, since they had that way weird experience last year with kickers going through Sam Sloman and Kai Forbath and all these other guys. This guy goes three for three in this game, three of three on his extra points as well. A long field goal of 55 yards. 
outstanding, outstanding performance. The bad, the ugly. Johnny Hecker, what happened to this guy? This guy might be a Hall of Fame punter. He's been that great over the course of his career. Has three punts in this game, 120 yards, an average of 40 per punt. He's had multiple opportunities in this contest to flip the field position and pin the Cardinals inside the 20, inside the 10, and he's instead kicking it to the 30. It just feels like he's not had that same strength, the same power in his leg, and it's unfortunate because the Rams traded away a strong leg punter in the offseason, or I guess we could call it at the end of the preseason, Corey Bohorquez to the Green Bay Packers. This guy was known to have one of the strongest legs in the NFL, and he was way cheaper than Hecker was. Hecker, a lot more expensive, and he's just not panned out this season. This is like the second or third year now where he's kind of been subpar, and not just for his standards, but subpar for you know the general average punter in the NFL, and that's just not where you can be, not for the price tag, not for the expectation. This guy, you know, we look at him as one of the best punters ever. He needs to perform like that, and it just doesn't feel like he's there right now. So that was definitely one of the knocks here. The other one, I wanted to talk about that special teams onside kick. What on earth was that? That was horrendous. I mean, they had Cooper Cup lined up at the 40-yard line as if the Cardinals were going to pooch kick it with 50 seconds left in the game or 40 seconds, however many there were, which obviously was not going to happen. They needed the ball back. And instead, they kick it down the middle, and the two players that are lined up there, Christian Roseboom and Terrell Burgess, you need to recover one kick and nearly gave them a chance to actually tie a game because these two could not come away with the recovery. And I don't necessarily blame them. That's not their problem. And I'm sure there's a good reason why those guys are lined up there. But how can you not have a better plan than that? I mean, Christian Roseboom, that's the last guy I want fielding a pivotal onside kick. Never mind, you know, you got so many receivers on this team. You got some tight ends. You got all these guys that have, theoretically speaking, pretty good hands. Some of your cornerbacks, your safeties, even a linebacker. That's the last guy I want there. So not the biggest deal, but again, just one of those special teams blunders that just keep coming up this season. And it's frustrating to see because they have a good game for the most part, but then they always have one or two of those plays that kind of reel you back and just you can't buy into them. You're always concerned about it. Like going into that kick, I expected the Cardinals to get it. There was 100% certainty in my mind that the Cardinals were going to recover that kick. And that's just not a good feeling. I'm sure the Rams sideline was losing their minds when the Cardinals picked it up. And one play later, Kyler Murray scrambles for 15, 20 yards. He's out of bounds. He doesn't even have the clock going. And he would have had a chance at a Hail Mary. The only reason they had to walk it back was because of Aaron Donald holding calls. So just frustrating there. They need to be better on special teams. And at some point, a play like that might be the difference. That might be the killer next time. So hopefully they have a better play next time. Hopefully the special teams in general could just get it together because it has not been pretty, in my opinion. Some of the other stuff here, you look at the penalties. I felt like the Rams had a lot of penalties in this game, yet they only had five, but two or three came on a Van Jefferson drive there. Just him. I mean, it was frustrating to see every time they would get close to maybe flirting with a potential red zone trip or an end zone or a goal line kind of snap, walk it back 10 yards, walk it back five yards, a little bit frustrating there, but in general thought it was okay. The one penalty call that I thought was just God awful that they didn't call was Matthew Stafford in the red zone. He's clutching the ball. It's third down defensive tackle from the Arizona Cardinals. I think it might've been Jordan Phillips. I can't recall yanks on the face mask. You see the face mask go sideways and the refs don't call nothing. How on earth can you miss that call? The guy's face mask is going from north to all the way 90 degrees rotated to the side. He can't even look at his weapons downfield. How do you miss that? Just a god-awful miss there. It's third down. That should have been a first down for the Rams there, and a chance at three more opportunities to go punch it in and maybe put this game out of 
reach at that point. I can't recall what the exact uh, circumstance was there, but just awful, awful miss by the referees. And in general, I just thought it was a great performance by the Rams. I think I've mentioned that about 43 times on this podcast by now. And if you can't tell, I'm excited. I'm excited about this game. This game meant everything for the Rams. They had every reason to go in there and lose the game, make excuses about COVID, make excuses about injuries, make excuses about going on the road against a great team. And they came out with a convincing victory, in my opinion, like a really, really solid victory for when you consider losing all those players and still able to come out of this one with a seven-point win. Maybe it should have been a 10-point win, something more. Maybe if they call that face mask even a little bit more. Just a fantastic, fantastic performance by this team. Really start to believe that. Now they're nine and four. The Arizona Cardinals, 10 and three. Cardinals are still ahead. The Rams, though, with this win, can still, theoretically speaking, get to the NFC West title. And that is why this game was so important. Never mind, you know, a chance to potentially get higher in the NFC seeding and the playoffs and all that good stuff. This was your chance to keep the NFC West title alive. And they did exactly that. They extended their lifeline by at least a week, if not even longer. And it's going to be hard next week. The Cardinals got the Detroit Lions. It's almost a free win. Let's just call it what it is. The Rams, a much tougher game, another divisional game against the Seattle Seahawks. But this one was a must win. Otherwise, you were fighting for seeds five through seven. That's just the reality. That's just the truth. Yet this team was able to do it. Very, very important victory. Very impressive considering the circumstances. And as I mentioned earlier, this might have been the most important or impressive victory for Sean McVay in his tenure as a regular season head coach. Massive victory for this team. I mean, this has got to boost the morale, I think. And you started to see a lot of the things that we wanted to see, right? Matthew Stafford get back on track. The offense really start to find their identity. The defense putting together another solid game, which is like three or four in a row now. Coach Raheem Morris really in his bag, in my opinion. And this team morale starting to pick up. They started to have, you know, a really, really big slip up on November. Everyone kind of jumps off the bandwagon. They lose a few games. Everyone's down. Mistakes are starting to compound. Felt like it was the end of the world, right? But then you win a game against Jacksonville. And that's why we talked about it as a pick-me-up game, right? Brad mentioned it a bunch of times. This was the get-right game. You need a victory there, and you start to carry that momentum over into the next week, and then next week, and then the week after that. And right now, they've stacked up two victories. Yes, one was against a terrible Jaguars team, but now one against the best team in the NFL. And this is why I said to all the Cardinals fans that are yelling at me on YouTube and all these other places, I was asked by my man from Locked On Cardinals, Alex Clancy. He said, do you think this team's a title contender, a Super Bowl contender in terms of the Cardinals? And I said, no. And this is exactly why. I do not trust this team. I'm not saying to jump off the bandwagon if you are a fan of the Cardinals or that they're a terrible football team, but I'm just ribbing. I'm having some fun. Great football team. I just can't buy in fully yet. I still think the Rams are the best team in the NFC West, and we're going to figure it out going into this next week. The Rams, the Seattle Seahawks, pivotal matchup once again. Rams back against the wall. They need to keep stacking victories. Make sure to keep tuning back in here at the Locked On Rams podcast for all our in-depth numbers on this contest. The convincing season-defining win here for the Los Angeles Rams. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP, at Locked On Rams, and on YouTube at Locked On Rams. Thank you so much for always making us your first daily listen. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.